0: Hello, beautiful people of Libertyville. Welcome to Mean Age Daydream. I am, of course, Brian McWilliams, your beautiful, beloved host, and it's some interesting happenings have been going on here. Um, I'm once again in the greatest race against time, and uh, my greatest, my greatest opponent is, of course, as always, my gardener. I once again meant to do the show a little earlier today, and now. I know he's going to come right in the middle of the show and start blowing leaves around, but that's what it is. <laughs> that's the theme of the show now. He's officially my co-host. I like to welcome him to the Lions of Liberty Network. No, guys, I, I was watching the Super Bowl and uh, mostly just to root against San Francisco and to root for my uh, Super Bowl pool picks, which I lost all of. Would have won some money. Kansas City fumbled the ball. What can you do about it? But I hate the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, As I talked about last episode, but I wanted to see, you know, some of the ads and really, frankly, I wasn't paying that close attention to most of the ads. But one in particular caught my eye and it's caused quite a bit of drama, baby mama drama, because of people's mamas and their babies getting upset in RFK Jr.'s family, who are frankly a bunch of spoiled fucking babies. So let's play the ad, which I thought is absolutely fantastic and i'll uh, i'll talk about it after this so let's share this kennedy 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 ad and then break it down because i already think it might be the best ad of 2024 let's see A man for president who's seasoned through and through a man who's old enough to know and young enough to do. Well, it's up to you. It's up to you. It's strictly up to you. American value. 2024 is responsible for the content of this advertisement. Okay. So there you go. Now that's whoops. Hold on. I'm getting fucked by USA today. Thank you. USA today. Since that was there in bed. Um, so that ad, if you guys couldn't watch it, it was using visuals that were from a 1960s ad from John F. Kennedy. Of course, the very beloved, whether that is warranted or not debatable, but he's definitely better than a lot of the presents we've had in recent years. Um and I'll give him credit for turning down, I will say this, turning down the opportunity to have a false flag attack on United States soil, which was proposed, by the way, by our own security forces, the CIA and our uh, our military to have a false flag attack on U.S. soil in order to justify us going and attacking Cuba. John F.K. said no to that. So good on him there. But. This was using an old 1960s campaign ad. Now. This thing is resonant on so many levels, right? You break it down because I'm looking at it, obviously, from a communications perspective. Number one, it's catchy as hell. If you watch that ad and you can honestly tell me you will not be going around humming and singing Kennedy, 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 Kennedy the rest of the day, you're full of shit. You're, you're frankly a liar. You don't know yourself. <laughs> you don't know your brain and the brain worm, the earworm that has now worked its way inside of your uh, cerebellum. That is catchy as hell. And you're going to repurpose it. You're going to talk to your dog and do it. Chloe, 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 Chloe. That's my dog, Chloe, Chloe and Hank. Catchy stays with you. The graphic aspects of it. If you're just listening and watching the live stream here, um, which by the way, guys, I'm, i and I are both dedicated. Just to let you know, to doing more of these, you know, consistent live streams. So mine's going to be roughly about this side, this time every week on Tuesday. That's the live stream. The podcast course will come out Wednesday morning, um, and Odie I think is going to be doing a, a Felony Friday live Thursdays. But don't quote me on that. We're still getting that set in stone. Now. The graphic aspects of this, you know, you're utilizing this old, vivid 1960s retro look, which is coming back. I mean, it's unbelievably popular. It's something that people look at, and it brings them back to a better, uh, in their minds anyway, a better, simpler time. And everybody loves that kind of Andy Warhol-ish, you know, very vivid, bright, black, red, white colors. The way in which it was animated, they took uh, John F. Kennedy's pictures from the original ad and superimposed RFKs. Head on them. But it's reminding you to vote independent, that he's a and even the song is fantastic. It's reminding you that Kennedy has been in there, that he's seasoned, that he's, you know, that he's independent thinker, that he's doing. It's great. It's great. There's nothing about that ad that isn't in every way, shape, and form fantastic. Though you would think that RFK's family would acknowledge on some level that. It's kind of interesting. It's kind of good that their, you know, brother, uncles, whatever it might be, nephew, however many Kennedys are, there's about a billion of these, these people run around. You'd think that some of them they'd acknowledge, well, this is pretty interesting that our, one of our family members is, is in the presidential race. You know, we might want to give him some modicum of support rather than consistently tear the man down. But all they look to do, seemingly, is open up deeper riffs. <laughs> so. Naturally, the left wing media is not a fan of RFK Jr. In fact, they despise him because of the threat he poses to the very senile and now officially a uh, Department of Justice documented very, quote, very nice man, severe mental decline. But instead of supporting him, what they do is go talk to the mainstream media, you know, the corporate media, I should say they talk to the corporate left wing media and try to paint him in the worst possible light. So, of course, what did the New York Times do? Well, they ran out and they got quotes from all of his shitty family saying how they're, you know, this is such an insult to the memory of JFK. I can't believe that they're showing people who were assassinated that were, you happen know, happened to be in some of these pictures because it was family pictures. And let's not forget that RFK's father was assassinated. So it's a little bit pearl clutchy, don't you think, to be like, they're showing my, and these people were assassinated. His dad was assassinated. All right. But remember, RFK didn't make this commercial, too. Which is something I want to get back around to after I go through these fucking quotes these people gave. So, a cousin noted that the ad included images of his mother, a sister of both the candidate's father and the president, both of whom were assassinated. She would be, and here's the quote, you got to love this crap because you knew this was coming. She would be appalled by his deadly healthcare views, Mr. Shriver wrote on X. Respect for science, vaccines, and healthcare equity were in her DNA. Now, I haven't looked at the most updated policy positions from RFK on healthcare in general, but I'd be shocked if he didn't speak at least fairly robustly about healthcare equity. I doubt he wants to use that stupid word because only morons use it, but I guarantee RFK has something in there, some aspect of socialized medicine. Now, that of course is going to be a sore point on actually, no, I should look it up. Hold on. RFK, because I don't want to talk out of my ass here. RFK healthcare. So he's saying he's pitching centrism. Uh, This is at a Philadelphia rally. Let's see here. So he, of course, questions the safety of vaccines, but it looks like he wants to rein in the big foreign companies. Don't we all? Uh, This isn't really giving me much. This isn't giving me what I need. I'll look into it. I'll look into it. Um, But I doubt that as a lifelong liberal, that he doesn't in some way have some sort of plan for more equitable healthcare to rein in the cost of healthcare to give everybody some sort of bite at the healthcare apple. I'd be shocked, but for this idiot to be like, "Well, you know what? My mother would roll over in her grave because of his views on vaccines." All of which, by the way, well, not all of which. We can't necessarily go down the path of autism is resulting from vaccination. I don't even believe that, uh, frankly. I know a lot of you out there might, but the fact that he is so outspoken on COVID. Shows you these people don't care because he was right on so many of the COVID issues, as were we all about the efficacy of the vaccines, about mass indoctrination or mass inoculations and mass indoctrination, by the way, which is why his family members, these, you know, these leech morons are still talking about it. And as though as though he's some sort of monster for speaking out about vaccines and they're talking about respect for science. I'm sorry. What respect for science was shown at any point in time during COVID at any point in time, zero, absolutely no respect for science. Dr. Fauci was the science. And we now know that Fauci was being paid the whole time. We now know he was obfuscating real data. He was attacking people for trying to release information about the truth of what was being funded, AKA, uh, this, you know, expansive research into these viruses, the, um, the Oh, my God, I'm blanking on the phrase on it. That's that stupid, very specific phrase. Where he says extension of use. God, my brain. Well, whatever it is, Rand Paul's talked at length about it, but we know the science has been completely uh, just poisoned. There's no well that has been poisoned more thoroughly than that of science in this day and age, which has been linked from everything to climate through to pharmaceuticals where we're constantly being lied to. And you follow the money and you find out exactly why. So for these morons to come out and somehow try to say that his family members would be upset, how do you, you don't fucking know what his family members that have been assassinated. I think they'd probably be, they'd probably be rooting for them. You know, right? They'd be rooting for RFK to become president and cement another stone in the family legacy as far as their power politically and in, in ways to guide the country. But these morons come out and, and bitch about it. So what did RFK do? No, like, i i give him credit. Classy move from RFK. He said, he posted on X, and I'm sure he's called his family members individually. He said, if the Super Bowl advertisement caused anybody in my family pain, uh, I apologize. And he, again, reminds everybody, the ad had been created by an independent political action committee. Yeah, yep. It even says it at the end of the ad. This ad was created by blah, 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 blah. It wasn't created by RFK. As brilliant as the ad was, as fantastic as it was, as memorable as it was, he didn't do it. He didn't have the little thing, I'm RFK Jr. And I sign off on this ad like you have on every single other political ad if the candidate was involved. So his family members are out there whinging and whining about something that he had no part in. But at the same time, it made a hell of an impact. $7 million. $7 million it cost to run that ad. And now you have, I think, a real shot at it being one of the more memorable ads that ran because of that earworm aspect. Now, I don't know if it's going to make an impact as far as the way people vote. I don't know if RFK is going to decide to run Libertarian and uh, and try to get some of, the, some of the emphasis from our party behind him or not. I know that if you are interested, he will be speaking at the California Libertarian Convention. He's going to be engaging in uh, a conversation with Hornberger, uh, with... Hold on, let's see. I don't want to mess it up. With Hornberger, with uh god i'm trying to remember now mike termat and with god who was the other one? Oh, rechtenwald i believe are the three that are taking part in it and of course cornell west is also going to be there so it's an interesting combination of people that's going to be speaking at the california libertarian convention i think jill stein also has been confirmed so If you want to go there, I will also be there, by the way. If you feel like coming out, I know they've got discount packages right now. You guys should check it out. Come see me. I'm going to be doing stand-up comedy with Adam Nutter on Friday night. So make sure to uh, swing on out for that and uh, show your libertarian flag. Come laugh at some funny jokes. Get drunk with me because I have a hotel room that night, so I will be getting hammered. But check that out. But it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out you know, because there's going to be some massive challenges for him getting ballot access. And I could still see him coming over to the libertarian side of things, especially as the DNC, I think is even talking about suing him, suing him. I don't don't know what they could possibly sue him over. You know, he's a Democrat. He can run independent if he wants to. It's pretty fascinating stuff, but that ad amazing going to be the rest of your heads all day. You're welcome. All right, let's move on and uh, chat real quick about this unbelievable i mean you talk about bat shit now libertarian party new hampshire spotted this great job to them this is from actual documentation from the courts in illinois about the new court rules that are for minorities and women one could argue that this is once again the racism of low expectations. And also, one could definitely argue that this is proving the point that has been made, I think, by I was either a Harvard professor that then got uh, in in deep water because it was a conversation that was recorded uh, without his knowledge and then released to try to, of course, damage his career. But he's talking about the law school and Harvard Law, of course, is one of the most respected. Shouldn't be. Again, listen to one of my episodes about the death of uh, Ivy League or how the elite institutions have lost their luster. But Harvard Law has long been considered one of the best law schools, right? It sets a lot of precedent. A lot of your Supreme Court judges and uh, your state Supreme Court judges have come from Harvard Law, Harvard or Yale. But they had talked about how the emphasis that Harvard in particular and other institutions like it had made on evening out their numbers, right? Checking boxes, aka we're going to have way more minority students permitted in here who may not have the same Grade performance or testing performance, right? And there was that whole graph that showed, came out recently. I think it was maybe six months ago, showing exactly how Harvard scores were handled. This came out of the court case, and how it showed that there is a different threshold, and it was far lower for minority uh, applicants. I think it was especially like African American or Black Afri- applicants. So, in the meantime, you know, you'd have Asians and whites get denied for. Would had much higher scores. Testing was. And they said, "Well, this is because of the you know, equity. It's all about equity, and because you know, of course, there's historic disadvantages, and that's why these people don't have a size score." Okay, fine. But the problem was, you get into Harvard Law, and it's still, or well, probably not still. It was a rigorous and very difficult caseload. You know, course load. You're in Harvard Law School it is supposed to be the best of the best. It's trial by fire. That's when you are come out, you're supposed to be amazing at law. But what's happening is that these students aren't able to hack it. They get in there, they have the lowest grades in the class. Now, I'm not saying this is in any way a racial thing. I'm not saying one class is smarter than another class of people. What I'm saying is that this was a predictable outcome. Because if you have people coming from schooling that's not as good, uh, maybe their uh, education systems have let them down or their Goosing the grades, which also happens quite frequently, especially when you're talking about schools that have a lot of minority component. I talked at length about how schools in L.A. have tried to abandon the grading system for just adopting pass fail. I talked at length about how schools have been given uh, extra permissions to allow black students not to take classes and not to take uh, tests and to excuse tardiness and all this other stuff. And how in general, we're lowering the standards so that it looks like people are getting better grades because this, of course, helps the schools out as well. gets their funding. So, these students get led into Harvard, even though their testing scores were lower, their grades were fine, and they find out, oh, they're not able to hack it. They have not been properly prepared by the education system that they're coming out of, and now they're having the harsh reality of a brutal and uh, unbelievably difficult amount of work. So, they end up at the bottom of the class. They might still graduate, but they're not They're not excelling. In any way, and they're not going to be not great lawyers. So Illinois leaning into that uh, and (laughs) I think I guess I guess proving people's cases, they've adopted the following procedures regarding oral argument as to pending motions. One, after a motion is fully briefed as part of a motion requesting oral argument, a party may alert the court that if argument is granted, it intends to have a newer female or minority attorney argue the motion. If such a request is made, the court will grant the request for oral argument on the motion if it's practical to do so. Strongly consider allocating additional time for oral argument beyond what the court may otherwise have allocated were a newer female or minority attorney not arguing the motion or permit... Other, more experienced counsel to record the ability to provide some assistance to the newer female or minority attorney who is arguing the motion where appropriate during oral argument. Quick word from our sponsor, Crowd CrowdHealth, longtime sponsor of the show. Guys, I know I have been unbelievably frustrated with my health insurance companies over the years. I have been getting bills, still getting bills. For crap, I don't even know what it's from. I don't know when it's from, I don't know where it's from, because I don't have a direct connection. And yes, I feel very taken advantage of. Now, this comes at the same time claims are being knocked down. One in five Obamacare claims were denied, which is ridiculous. So let's talk about a better alternative, which is crowd health. This is crowd health is essentially a crowdsourced health system. They process things differently. They're doing direct negotiations with your doctor, with healthcare systems to set up things like telemedicine, discounted prescriptions, much more without a doctor network getting in the way. And of course, you're joining a group of people who are thinking like you in order to get services paid for and at a better cost than you would with insurance. Just for $175 for an individual or $575 for a family of four or more, you get all the things I mentioned and much more. Now, you can go right now, get a discount, go to joincrowdhealth.com Go put in the code LIONS and you can get started for just 99 per month for your first three months. Again, CrowdHealth is not health insurance. It is a different way. That's uh, join CrowdHealth.com. Check it out. Use that promo code LIONS and find out what crowdsourced healthcare really can do for you. This is a double standard that is attacking white lawyers, right? It's hard to read outside of that. They're saying that, well, we've got too many experienced white lawyers here. We need to give the minorities and the women more time to compete because they can't hack it, right? The racism of low expectations. They can't hack it under the actual rules that we have in place for court arguments. These white lawyer men are kicking their asses all over the place. We can't have that. Give these stupid women some more time to talk. God knows we don't need that. More time for women to talk. Get it. Give these minorities more time to talk. Now, they will argue that they say, well, it's not just females and minorities. It's newer lawyers too. Okay, well, if it's just for newer lawyers, you don't need to put the part in about the women and the minorities, do you? No. It's newer lawyers, which I guess would apply to younger white men and younger white, well, just younger white men or the trans, maybe get some trans lawyers in there. Maybe as a trans man lawyer, right? You could go in there, you start to make your argument. The guy's like, Uh, you're out of time, and then you go, am I? And you pull out a fake set of tits and tuck your cock. Now, you got an extra five minutes to make that argument. Hmm. Might have just convinced myself this is a great idea. So there you have it, right? It's not just for new lawyers. It's for newer or female or minority. I can't think of something that's more explicitly saying Female and minority lawyers are not as good as white lawyers. I don't know what else you can take from that. It's it's beyond insulting. Every female, every black, every Hispanic minority lawyer that lives in Illinois should be outraged by this. But they won't. Why? Because I guess they need it. Number one, they probably do suck shit. So there you go. I guess they need the extra time. And of course, it benefits them. So they're not going to argue against it. Now they have an advantage. And when you think about how horse shitty this is in a court of law, you're talking about legal sentences. You're talking about jail time. You're talking about what could be millions of dollars. You're talking about people's lives could be ruined and these fucking jerk offs are trying to skew the system so that the minority and female lawyers have a substantive advantage over a white male lawyer. Now, of course, what's the outcome of this also going to be? Are you going to, if you get to hire somebody for your court case, are you going to hire an experienced white male lawyer and be like, well, they know what they're doing? Or are you going to hire somebody now based on them getting extra time to convince a jury that your side is right. That's a conundrum, my friends. I'll tell you what, though, the state of Illinois, fucking morons, just unbelievable. And the fact that this Pritzker guy is in the conversation. Pritzker, the governor, is in the conversation, just like our overlord for creating homelessness, trash-filled monstrosities like San Francisco and Los Angeles, uh, known for destroying our economy while sucking the cocks of teachers' unions. Uh, Pritzker and Gavin Newsom, both still in the conversation somehow to get in there if Biden is too senile, which I talked about, last episode, I think anyway. Maybe I just did it on my my morning uh, rant show I do for our our paid subscribers patreon.com forward slash Lions of liberty Lions of liberty.locals.com but you know it's a gift it's a gift that joe biden's going senile and i don't think he's i don't think he's going to make it I don't, I don't think there's any way in hell that he's going to make it to the uh to the actual november election so it is going to be interesting to see how they work this out and if it is a pritzker or a newsom i think newsom's dead in the water so maybe maybe they'll shoehorn pritzker in there i don't know it's going to be entertaining All right, (laughs) let's move off of that idiocy and on to Rand Paul. Now, you know, it's funny. I pulled up his speech. Rand Paul gave a great speech and I was going to play some clips of it, but it's like seven minutes long. And I was like, I don't know if I'm like diving in and playing seven minutes of this. You know, I'm not going to play seven minutes of it and kind of trying to find a good clip wasn't ideal. So let's just talk about the bill in general, but I'll give Rand credit. He gave a fantastic speech. Um, just pillorying this garbage bill, which to the Republican's point, I mean, it passed the Senate, which every person that voted for it that wasn't a Democrat. Of course, the Democrats are all going to vote for it. No Democrat exists anymore outside of maybe Bernie and RFK. Right. But but then I don't know. Who knows? Bernie might have. I have to see if he even voted for it. I think they all voted for it. Actually, I don't think a single Democrat didn't vote for it, but voted to fund this nonsense 95 billion dollar national security act bill which of course has nothing to do with national security nothing It, it funds taiwan israel and ukraine why for what and then i see joe biden also posting about hostages and yeah i know there's what two or three american hostages that are over right now that that were taken in the attack on israel initially well Joe Biden's like, well, you know, I'm going to make it my highest priority to get those hostages. And honestly, my response and and you know, like, I hate me or don't hate me for whatever, whatever I say here, but I don't give a fuck about the hostages in Gaza. I don't give a damn. I don't care. All right. Look, you go, you go somewhere. Life is a risk. If you go to Israel and you go to a massive, you know, dance show in Israel, and it happens to be near an area, you know, to be a hotbed of activity, terrorist or freedom fighting or whatever you want to say, to, to call the Palestinians and and, and call uh, Hamas in that region. You know, you're taking a risk, okay? You know, you're taking the risk. Just like if you go over to North Korea or you're going on the border to wave at the North Koreans and you happen to fall over and get arrested and now you're in North Korean prison, you took a risk, man. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe you don't take that risk, but I'll tell you what I don't want. I don't want my government sending millions of dollars to Israel to help negotiate, to try to get hostages back. I don't need them bombing the shit out of people to help get hostages back. And frankly, I would rather my president spent time doing something else, I know it makes nice public relations waves, right? I know it's a nice headline. Joe Biden, hostages home. Joe Biden gives them a big hug, sniffs their hair. Cool. Don't fucking care. Don't give a damn. Don't go to Israel. If it's You, know, if you, if you, you, you either know what you're getting into or you don't. But it's not a president's problem to get hostages back. Three people? Our economy is imploding. Our inflation is through the roof. 3.1% inflation just went up. In January, not the year, not our 3% targeted inflation in January, 2024, 3% up. And this jerk off is waggling his cock about hostages and how it's his number one priority. Fuck cares. God, I don't give a shit. So anyway, this bill, the good news is, looks like it's dead in the house. It looks like the speaker stood up. Yeah, actually, I'll read the statement the Speaker of the House put out, right? You guys can just, I'll read the uh, the exact quote because it came out today and I retweeted it. And I don't like to retweet uh, GOPs. I don't like to retweet Speaker of the House Mike Johnson, but I'll retweet this because it's a, a one time there's actually a principled stance on something. Now, granted, now watch what's going to happen. They're going to reject this one. And then something that's got, Infant- <laughs> infinitely more turds packed up its ass is going to be put forward and they're all going to vote for it because it does something or other about the border, which will be sold a, a false bill of goods on anyway. As I talked about last show, that whole this whole refugee concept is an, an asylum concept is such a joke. But OK, here's from a speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. House Republicans were crystal clear from the very beginning of discussions that any so-called national security supplemental legislation must recognize that national security brings, begins at our own border. The House acted 10 months ago to help enact transformative policy by passing the Secure Our Border Act, and since then, the Senate has failed to meet the moment. The Senate did the right thing last week by rejecting the Ukraine, Taiwan, Gaza, Israel immigration legislation, that was the what the asylum, due to its insufficient border provisions, should have gone back to the drawing board, yada, yada, yada. Instead, the Senate's foreign aid bill is silent on the most issue pressing our country. Yes, <laughs> great. It's just literally giving away money in the middle of a massive inflationary period to countries across the world that have nothing to do with us, that can't impact our national security in any way, shape, or form at all. And in fact, our involvement uh, deepens the threats that we have. I mean, that's like all of this foreign aid to these other countries. Nothing about our support of Israel makes us safer. It's all making more enemies. It's all deepening hatred, as does our involvement in Ukraine. What? If, there's no benefit to me. There's zero benefit to me. I don't care about our NATO countries over there. It's across the world. It's making things more dangerous. I have zero interest in spending a single cent there. Anyway. The mandate of the national security supplemental legislation was to secure America's own border before sending national additional foreign aid around the world. It's what American people des- demand and deserve. Now, the American people do not demand any foreign aid be sent anywhere. I'll remind you of that. The only American people demanding that are people working for APAC or, uh, or somehow Ukrainian uh, ex-citizens that are here attending bar and, uh, and posing you know, nude on OnlyFans. Now, in the absence of having received a single border policy change from the Senate, the House will continue to work on its own on these important matters. America deserves better than the Senate status quo. Good, good job rejecting. At least, good job calling out that this is a pure foreign aid play. This is a gift to military industrial complex that does absolutely nothing to solve the most pressing issues at home. Inflation. Uh, I would still put the war on drugs, as always, at the top of that list. Of course, what's going on with the border is a crisis. I'm seeing all of these progressive leftist libertarians continuously post about how we should ha- still have an open border. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> no, not with the welfare state. I mean, I don't understand how you can argue that in the meantime, as you're seeing countries get overrun with immigrants and frankly laid bare that we don't have the infrastructure to handle it. And All these people are here taking advantage of the welfare system, taking advantage of the free health care that they're receiving on, on taxpayer backs, take advantage of all the handouts, all the benefits, all the debit cards, all the free food. I mean, these things add up. They are a massive tax on us. And if you believe in private property, if you believe in your right as a citizen to be able to live your life free from taxation... You have to acknowledge that this is a massive tax on every single person here. It is a tax on the way in which we go about our lives. It affects on your ability to open a business, your ability for your kids to feel safe walking around, because a lot of the time they're putting these migrants fuck knows what their background are. I talked about how many gang members have come up and been in, are here in California now. They're plopping them in schools. They're putting them literally in gyms at elementary schools. Do you not understand that this is not okay. You have to completely overhaul the system if you want open borders. And for people to not, at least on some level, back it up and be like, this is fucking retarded what I'm arguing right now because the reality is looking me in the face blows my mind. It blows my mind. Anyway. All right. I don't have much more to add on that, guys. I'm going to wrap this up before my gardener does get here and ruin the show. Uh, I want to remind you that, as I said, California Libertarian Convention. I would love it. Any of you that are in California, or if you're adjacent to California, going to be a great time. Friday night, Adam Nutter and I both doing some comedy. I'm going to be opening up for him and then hanging out, uh, making everybody's life either infinitely more miserable or infinitely more enjoyable, depending on how the drunk goes. No, I'm a happy drunk. Come up, hang with me and uh, enjoy that. And also, I wanted to, uh, to encourage you guys, please, if you haven't already, do me a solid and check out my brand new podcast, the first episode podcast. It is on every two weeks. We do a uh, vintage episode. We just did ALF, the first episode ever of ALF. And we did this season of The Bachelor, making fun of that show and all of the idiot, desperate women on there that think they found true love for a guy that checks all the boxes. Meanwhile, this man has literally been selected to appeal to these stupid women. So of course, he's going to check your boxes. And then he checks their boxes, if you know what I mean. But it's called the first episode podcast guys, anywhere you want to listen to it, please give it a listen, give it a subscribe. I'd really deeply appreciate it. And if you wouldn't mind, a little review would be fantastic as well. All right. Thanks for me, Brian, Nick Williams from the lions of Liberty network. And from mean age daydream, keep those electric eyes on me, babe. Keep that ray gun to my head later.